You're listening to the A Scully Cast, brought to you by www.ascully.com. And here are your hosts, A Scully and Sid Talk. So Sid Talk, welcome back. We took a break last week and didn't tell anybody. Correct. Um, so why did we take a break? Is this the before the after the show discussion that's lasted for the last two weeks? Yes. <laughs> uh, because last week? No. Not this past week, but the week before, I had a surgeon do a little bit of work on my foot. Coming in at it from both sides, doing a little chopping, cutting, slicing. And so I've just been sort of hobbling around since then. <laughs> yeah, so last week... Our... I, wouldn't, I would not have felt like sitting here, no. <laughs> Plus our home theater is in the basement and you are on crutches, so that would yeah, have that would have two been flights like of stairs. Three days after, two days afterwards. And yeah, no, getting up the stairs that day... Remember crawling, yeah. and my mother's like, what can I do, what can I do? And I was just like, fuck off, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> just just let me crawl like I'm crawling for whatever. And it's much better now. I'm still in the boot. You can't see it or hear it, but... um, One of those orthopedic boots. Is that what they're called? Orthopedic boots? I think boots. so. You know what they remind me of? Um, Reebok pump. Because they have one of those pumps on the front. And yeah, Reebok pioneered It doesn't really thing. look like a pump of shoe, no. <laughs> So I'm recovering from that, which has not been, I mean, it's inconvenient and painful, but, you know, there's a lot worse things like not having a foot. So hopefully or not having a leg. This will result, exactly, not having anything. So the pain will go away eventually. What was wrong with your foot? There was a tarsal tunnel cramp. Uh, there's a little tunnel inside your foot, like between your heel bone and the top bones. It goes right through the middle of your foot, around about your heel area called the tarsal tunnel and inside of there are veins and nerves and all, all kinds of stuff just running through there the vein had swollen up like a blood clot kind of the nerve was swollen up and agitated and last year i twisted my ankle really bad which i think was the instigator according to the story oh, yeah, yeah. of that. all of this on the other side i tore a tendon so between the torn tendon the smashed nerve the blood clotty vein, all of that, all, and it was swollen up all the time in there. It just caused constant, annoying pain. Did they fix it? I don't know yet. I'll have to, I won't know till the pain of the actual cutting, you know, someone cuts into you with a knife. And this, I mean, the scars, to me, are cool. Like, they're really long, like three or four inches long on both sides. I posted them on Facebook, of course. And, um... It's really Frankenstein-y looking, which I love for this time of it's year. It's not cool. I, I don't like any. <laughs> I don't like... Um, what, what, I like gory films and everything, but I don't like real-life surgery type stuff. It okay. really goes... Well, that means you're kind of a baby then. Uh, <laughs> I w- it doesn't bother me, and eventually... I would like to have scars from it, because I'm like, if I've got scars from other surgeries, might as well just throw a few... Couple more in there. You sound like the scene from Chasing Amy, where she's showing all the scars <laughs> off. You will look at this. <laughs> All right, so... Um, and the other before the after the show discussion was more aptly movie-related, and it was about American Psycho. True. And the differences between the book and the movie. But you so will, read it, you will never, and watch it, and think of it as two separate things. And you will never be privy to our conversation about it. No, no. No, no. 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 So it is... Not unless someone's recording us and we didn't know. True. Maybe. So it is Saturday, October the 18th. This is after the show number 346. The movie we're looking at this week, because we are a podcast that review movies. Uh, Not a medical podcast? Nope. 
So we're looking at Edge of Tomorrow. It's a 2014 movie. Released on Blu-ray now. You can pick it up now. It's a PG-13 from our friends at Warner Brothers. Uh, and Sid Talk will give you the synopsis of the movie Edge of Tomorrow, a.k.a. Live, Die, Repeat. There's your synopsis. <laughs> <laughs> Live, Die, Repeat. The Earth has been invaded sort of by aliens of a certain type. And uh, it's kind of, and I hate to boil things down to a very basic level, but this movie kind of, it doesn't go very deep anyway, so I'm going to say it's Groundhog Day with Space fail Alien Invasion mixed together. So okay. you can you can kind of get what that. If you haven't seen Groundhog Day, he lives who lives the same day over and over and over. That's what this is all about. Live, die, repeat. <laughs> Correct. So, um, live, die, repeat. No, it's not called that. It's called Edge of Tomorrow, which I think is the superior title anyway. But no, there's... I don't like Edge of Tomorrow. You know what? I didn't even realize. I think that's really boring. Edge of I don't care. It's really boring. I I, I like that. Ugh. The original. This was. This, it doesn't even fit it. This movie is based on a Japanese uh, novel. Which was also, which was then turned into a manga, um, called. Why would you turn a novel into a manga? That's a novel into a comic book. Yeah, it's the th- a thing Japanese. Um, I don't think it's just does. Japanese. I think it's all over. But I'm just saying, you've already got the novel. It was called All You Need Is Kill. So there are three titles really. So. So it's not very deep to begin with. No, but the novels. From what I just read, the novel's got a lot more detail, as yeah. as most novels do when they turn into movies. So, um, this movie, uh, Edge the of Tomorrow. Japanese novel? Yeah. You know, it's a huge summer blockbuster movie. Now, I, I'm just going to say right at the top here, I thought this movie was excellent in every respect. Every respect. Yeah. Now, we've seen, we've mm. seen most of the blockbuster movies from this year you know transformers and godzilla and x-men days of future past uh you know the the big blockbuster movies which you expect every year from hollywood they put out the big spider-man 2 you know the big spectacle movies and this is a big spectacle movie that fits in along along those but i think it's got a lot more to offer than them in terms of the story i didn't expect this story and the story's pretty. It's it's quite intelligent story. I, you know, mm, we're gonna have to disagree on this. Um, as opposed to something like you know Godzilla, where it's really straightforward. Godzilla, you know, this and a lot of those big movies are Spider Man. It's really straightforward. This has a really interesting premise. You know, the reliving a certain day over and over, and. The special effects in this movie are just, like, flawless, I thought, the entire time. Like, it's just this massive spectacle, you know. It's not always flawless, but... I didn't see any anything that made me go, wow, that it just looks shitty. Like, it was just, well, I like, I believe of, the whole There's a world. lot of things in between spectacular and shitty. It was really spectacular for me. I wasn't expecting <laughs> no, it. No, but it doesn't have to just it looks be really, spectacular. It looks realistic, like, like they're doing these battles against mm-hmm. aliens, and they actually look like real battles. Like... It it brought me back to a video game. Video games. I kept thinking of video games, watching it, and how um, there's a feeling you get when you play a video game, and that feeling is conveyed during this movie. And it's like the respawn. So, in a video game, like, and this is how a lot of them go. If you play like action video games, you play in the story, and you die at a certain point, and then you 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 know you just re you know respawn. 
And then the next time, you've got a little bit more knowledge about what's happening. So you go in and you go, yeah, they're going to come that way and they're going to do this and they're going to do that. And you, you know, you do this. I do it in every video game I play. It's like a learning procedure. It's like, oops, that thing jumped And once up. you've done it 50 times. Once you've done it 50 times, it's like you're doing this ballet of like... So like the first bang, time, bang. it's the game's fault you can't win. And by the 50 time, it's your fault because you should have figured it right. all out. By and the 50th time, it's almost like this autopilot ballet that you're doing. You're just going, there's one on the left, there's one on the right. And you just feel almighty powerful at that point. And this movie conveys that video game feeling. Like, I don't know if that was the objective of of that novel, like to, you know, somebody who plays video games a lot and wanted to convey that feeling, but that's what it did for me. I was like, oh yeah, this is like the 50th time you've died, and now you go, yeah, duck to the left and move to the right, you know. So, I really love that. Um, you have to be a video game player, really, to get that right, to get that whole thing from this movie. Um, it also... I said to you, it feels like a video game a lot of the time. Even some of the character designs felt very Gears of War. There's these exoskeletons that the soldiers wear that make them more powerful, which we actually saw in Elysium as well earlier this year. They had those exoskeletons, didn't they, to uh, run around faster. And But um, I was pleasantly surprised by this. I didn't expect... I didn't even know it was this bigger... I didn't know it was a big blockbuster, like... Extravagant. I thought it was. No, no, I don't know about this blockbuster thing, but I kind of get what you're saying. Well, you know, it's a two hundred million dollar movie that gets made and put out. That was one hundred and seventy. Yeah, one hundred and seventy. Right. You know, it's a huge, huge budget movie. You know, like the Avengers or something like that. I mean, blockbuster means people are lining up around the block to. And they did. It It was hugely successful, and it made like a lot of money. So. You know, it's one of the big movies for this summer, like, and it stars Tom Cruise, obviously, so it's a big blockbuster movie, in my opinion. It's not an independent movie, or a... Are you disagreeing? It's no, a I'm just movie? saying, I don't know, I don't know. I'd have to just trust your numbers. Well, I just got those numbers from IMDb, I don't know if they're right, but... It seems to me like this would be a movie people would love, and, um... Really? I didn't... I don't know. Yeah, because it... It's... What it did completely right for me was, it's a serious movie, but it knows to have fun, and it has fun a lot of the time, but the fun isn't like cheesy one-liners and looking at the camera. The fun is like, because of the plot, like, because you know, oh, he's done this, you know, you don't know, like Groundhog Day, you don't know how many times he's done this scenario, but it's obviously a few, because, and then there's actually humour injected into it because of that. Which shouldn't be there a lot of the time because you're like, wow, this is a real serious situation. But this guy's done this, you know, however many times. This movie, I don't think, like Groundhog Day, you can't go in and analyze it and go, yeah, he did that 70 times and he spoke to that person. You could analyze it from what you've seen. From what you've seen, but I think a lot of it's implied like he did that way more than you. So, yeah, the, the premise of the movie is like there's an alien invasion. He does it. He goes down in the battlefield. Um, and there's a time element involved. Yeah. Time, not time travel. He but does repeating. A the scene day. happens, a big battle, and then. And we're gonna need to tell him the movie. Yeah. Now, one of the things I also found interesting was how, right up on the upfront, there, it's not a typical Tom Cruise character. Like I compare it to like the character who plays in Magnolia. He's not like this lovable dude. Mm-mm. He's not this hero. He's 
it, actually in this movie, um, Edge of Tomorrow, he's a he's a bit of an asshole. Like he's a he's lazy. He doesn't want to fight in a war. He'd rather just sit behind the desk, and you know, he even makes a joke about paper cuts about as much. I mean, that like, lasts about five seconds. Yeah, yeah but then, five minutes. But then it was accurate. awesome when he was going into the battle. I thought the yeah, first yeah. time, and his his helmet was a bit crooked, and he just like. He didn't I think know how people, to operate people anything. know he's good, but a lot of people discount him because he's Tom Cruise. But there are things he does that convinces you. Yeah. they uh, You lose the Tom Cruise-ness, for me anyway. And he's just standard Tom Cruise looking. He's got Tom Cruise haircut. Tom, he's not like done up or anything or scarred up or over made up or anything. He's just him. I bought the I naive soldier at the beginning. Though. Yeah, like, totally. You know, it was just like... He's a guy. And I might disagree with you on a lot of these things because that's just the way it is, but I really enjoyed it as well. Yeah. And in this movie, he's a guy who is like a, uh, like a paper jockey. He, he usually just well, does no, he's media a, circus. He's and, a PR man. He's not, he's not behind the, the desk. desk. No, I don't think so. I think he's a PR guy. So he's Mr. Talk, 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 Mr. Showman. But then Mr. they're like, you're going on the front lines. And then he's like, I'm just He's not more a like advertises the war, but he's never been in it. Like the face of the war, and they call it the war. Just and what was the timeline? How long have these aliens? Been? Didn't say. It I didn't. think it did in the very beginning, in those news stories where it's opening and all that stuff. It says when the da da da, and it showed like footage of when they first came and stuff. And it was too fast. It was cut way too fast to get anything out of it. Really. I didn't get anything out of that, so I, I must have missed the whole thing. Yeah, but, they were telling the whole story of it. Yeah, like, I read. I saw the whole. You know, and they were showing some clips of real things that just happened now. In fact, like the. Well, and a couple of years ago, they showed like, um, like, uh, what do you call it? The Haiti thing. They showed that and like said that was to do with the war. Hmm. Like, like the aliens brought that. The Haiti thing. The earthquake? The, um, I didn't see that. tsunami. They showed the. Japan, you mean? Yeah, Haiti. Japan had a tsunami, not. Haiti had like a big disaster, right? They had a tsunami. Earthquake. And, and it caused a tsunami, right? The tsunami washed everything away. Not that I know of. Not in Haiti. I don't know. I don't think so. Well, I saw some footage of like yeah. a beach and a big massive thing. Yeah, but I don't think it, it was Haiti. Haiti. Well, right, well at the beginning been... of this, it did. Right, that might have been fake because it was a movie. Oh, I thought they were showing real okay. footage. Uh, it looked like real footage to me. Like it all cut together from CNN and things like that, you know? I think it was all fake. To show you what had been happening. Like, but I don't disasters. think it gave you a timeline. I don't remember it ever saying a timeline. It didn't even say what year it was. So, like, obviously futuristic. Cause we Not had... futuristic, because those guys in the bar had an uncle who was in World War Two. Right, so uh, so just an alternate timeline, because we don't have that kind of technology. Not yet. I guess if you have aliens well, if they attack, were in World War Two, it has to be just our time, doesn't it? Really, so it's just an alternate timeline where we where we're wearing exoskeletons, the the army and stuff. Alternate timeline? What's that mean? It means it's not our timeline; it's the the uh, another one <laughs> where where things happen differently. Because we don't have exo, we don't have soldiers in exoskeletons. We don't have drop ships. We don't have right. But the, I get the gist that because of this happening, however many years ago it has happened, because everything's pretty much destroyed. So it must have been a while that the world's come together, developed all these things to, to combat it. That's kind of the vibe I got. Right, but it can't. What I'm saying is, it can't be uh, any like later than 2014 future. or 2020 at the, at the most, because like you say, that yeah. old guy said that, you know, that timelines it, doesn't it? So yeah. it's, it's actually Which I thought was kind of interesting that they would anchor it that close to now. Yeah, because I was... 
actually not I'd never even thought about him saying that so I mm-hmm. was thinking it was you know 20 yeah, he said my uncle wasn't um dude yeah I know he said it, but I'm saying I'm saying I, I was thinking not thinking about that that this was like in the future like you know not far off but a flung you know 2050 or something um but yeah I think it had a lot of humor I think it had really good special effects the story's really an excellent story and um, time loop stories are not new nope but I, th- I didn't expect this to be a time loop story even though it says that on the book yeah but the thing is just because you don't expect it doesn't elevate its quality and I think that there's a lot missing for me in terms of I didn't get the whole story of what the alien really is they keep saying it's mimicking things but it's not mimicking anything that you can recognize other than it looks like nature it looks like metal and water swirling around or something in this like tentacle things and then when it dies it's like it just instantly rusts like solid metal and then falls apart but in any other science on that now i like we've already determined well, they already tell you it's came from a it was on a comet or on an asteroid hit the earth and that they are they're like a germ blah 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 but I didn't get any other like how what the mechanics of it are and I always like that. A little bit of sciencey guy over on the side. Maybe not an obnoxious science guy, but just something to tell me a little more about it. So I feel like that was kind of plucked out. Plus, there's nothing about these people. Nothing at all that tells me... I mean, he's a PR guy equals kind of an obnoxious jerk. You know, shallow. Uh, ha ha ha. I'm just gonna go be safe somewhere else and promote your war, but I don't want to be a part of it. She's absolutely nothing. We know nothing about her. Just like, that she's this badass. Yeah, but, but then we don't even know that. It's just sort of shown to us that way. So you're like, you. Oh, I mean, in my back of my mind, it's always like, yeah, but what happened really? Because, like, what made her? She's like the first person to wear the exoskeleton, and then she's like the hero of, she killed a whole bunch of them. But everybody else is so superficial, so one-dimensional, that it just takes a lot of that, caring out of it for me. I do care about humanity for some reason, and I don't normally. But it seems like a really vile way for us all to go out as these these things coming along and just like mindlessly annihilating everything. That seems a bit like, whoa, and I was like, oh please stop it. And but I didn't care about the people so much. I cared about him. I kinda halfway cared about her, but I was ready to let her go at any time. You know, like if something shit hit the fan. The team of people that they put together couldn't. I really liked care. how I actually liked. That they it, did a good job, but I didn't care. There was no depth to anything. I like that it was a Tom Cruise movie, a big, you know, end of the world alien type movie, and it took place in Britain. I, I thought that was cool too. That it wasn't just oh, Tom Cruise is saving America. It was you in know, France actually. When they went to save yeah, the world, <laughs> yeah, but, I mean, yeah. you know, the the army was from Britain. Um, and that was cool. I thought that mm-hmm. that I don't know if the original novel was set in Britain or it was set in Japan or what, but Britain seemed like it, it was pretty cool that it was set in Britain. But yeah, the I think it was because they were aligning the idea of D Day and Normandy Beach, with yeah. so it would be the British against the Germans, and that was kind of the idea. And the um, yeah, the, the group of Marines, which are real by this, they're overused. A group. Can of you Marines. just see each one of them on like a playing card? Like a digital playing card with their like. Well, it's like video and... game characters. They really yeah. are, and that obviously like aliens had a group of marines, including um, Bill Paxton, yep. who actually appears in this movie. 
And he said he got the job very specifically because he was an alien and they were having a group of Marines and they wanted him to lead a group of Marines. It was like a... He, he, I read an interview with him just now. He said he got the job because of Alien. He but still he gets jobs right. because of that. But um, They should have made him like the grandfather of the guy in... Oh, that's hundreds of years. It's like 400 yeah. years in the future, though, isn't it? So, yeah, this group of Marines, that... You know, uh, we watched Pacific Rim recently. Uh, they had a group of Marines. and Recently? Last year. <laughs> and what what happens is, like, um, a group of Marines nowadays in movies, whenever they portray them, they're just stereotype people, and then... Each one is a very you know strong all gonna personality. Die. Yeah. Or most of them are. That, that... They're going to be brave, and they're going to be tough, and they're going to kick some ass, but eventually it's going to get the best no, I, Yeah, I, you're right. I didn't care for any of these ones and care whether they live or die. But I think it's because the t- once the time mechanic gets thrown into this, like, all bets are off for everything. Like, so... Yeah, but in each time that you go back to the same day, you have an opportunity as a storyteller to add value to those people who we all know are going to be part of the whole story. And I mean, they do like, a little it's bit... A, it's a story. Every movie is a story. It's like reading a little story out of a book, and you have to have people who... It's like empty. So that's what the time thing was for me. Reliving the same day was pretty much focused on him because he had to get through it. But you could have added some value to those people at least every time. And we did a little bit. A little because bit, yeah. the the hook of living the same day over and over he is... He knows about them. Everything at the end of, do. after like 500 times, you have talked to each person individually on that day and heard their whole life story. But telling it through him glibly and quickly... To say, oh yeah, you're a second grade teacher and you're this and your middle name is that and you did that. It doesn't give me any more value to them at all. Because I haven't seen them react to anything other than that first little segment. So yeah, the Marines in this movie... They do a fine job. They're, none of them are obnoxious to me or... They're just so... It's so, it's so his sci-fi Marines. Here yeah, they are. they're very unfortunately yeah. disposable. And you don't want that. Because you want them to be your connection to humanity. Not just your star guy. Because eventually one of them is going to have to sacrifice themselves, or more of them, for your star. And you need to feel that that's like you-ish. Kind of. And you do need a team of Marines because the whole mission thing. I think that writers, directors, producers think if you make a female Marine character who's got a little bit of an attitude and she dresses kind of funky... That, boom, she is now cemented in your mind as, like, this mate. You've given her a three-dimensional personality, and she's not. She's, like, a whole, like, a husk of a person. She's a video game character, totally. She's, like, I compare this to Gears of War, the video game, a lot, because not only does the last act kind of look like Gears of War, if you if you told if you hadn't told me what it were and just showed me the last third of the movie... And said, do you th- what video game do you think this movie is? I would have said it's the Gears of War movie. They're underground. Um, they look like the Gears of War enemies. These dudes are in exoskeletons and they're big, bulky dudes. The ship that they, they, they land in, it just looks like a Gears of War. It's like... And I know Gears of War is not an original thing. Mm-hmm. They base that on like loads of different sci-fi and stuff. But um, yeah, it feels video gamey and... I'd like to know if the guy who wrote this novel was a video gamer, because it feels to me like he might have been. Probably not the novelist. It'd be down to the person who made the movie, wouldn't it? Well, just the themes of it, the whole... Yeah, but the video games didn't invent those. Ideas. And then I was watching this movie and thinking, why don't video games have a quality story like this? 
Because this is a, this would make an awesome video game. I guess I struggle with why you think it's a quality story because at the heart of it, it's basically around what kind of enemy we're facing, and this enemy has this ability to do this thing. I just like the twists and turns of the the timeline resetting. It's just right. really interesting. Well, I don't know. I don't like know how like how Groundhog Day is interesting. Groundhog Day was interesting because it was Groundhog Day. And then if you take Groundhog Day and turn it into something else, how is that interesting? Well, it is in this case because it's like, and I don't want to spoil it's it. It's dynamic and I want to see every time he but starts But the way over, the aliens function is a direct, you know, they use this. Yeah, I didn't find that that interesting because I'm confused by it. So I don't fully understand it anyway. So no, I, don't I don't want to spoil it. I no, not either. I'm just saying I don't fully understand it. 100%, and if you do, then you can tell me after, but I get the big idea, but I don't know if that makes it interesting, because there's nothing depth, there's no purpose, there's no, nothing else to it. All I can say is that for the, like, you know, two hours that it lasts, there wasn't a second where I was like, wow, this is really, like, boring or no, anything. No, no, not me it either, but like, that doesn't mean that it makes so it... was so dynamic. <laughs> it was one of the best movies, sci-fi movies I've seen for a while. I, I was totally surprised because I didn't expect any of the timeline thing or anything. I thought it was just going to be, oh, we're going to, f- you know, like Battle LA or whatever. Some stuff's coming, we're going to fight it and we'll survive or we won't. And that's the end, Skyline or something. But I guess that's my question is, why is adding a mechanic that we've seen already done very well to a story make it interesting? I guess I haven't seen it in a sci-fi movie like this. Because the story itself to you, what you're saying, is not that interesting unless we apply that. Because otherwise it's just another alien. Yeah, normally it would actually, right. yeah. So it's a mechanic you've seen, which was interesting before. I guess that's that's where I struggle with finding it. I liked it a lot. I enjoyed it a lot. I just don't find it... That as a, like, whoa. As yeah, I thought that. it was whoa. Like, a, <laughs> like, like from the from the moment, you know, it starts quite spectacularly. You know, you see this mm-hmm. this like naive soldier who's never fought before dropped into this ridiculous battle that nobody could possibly win. It just looks ridiculous. Like, who could survive that? And you see him go through it, and then we're introduced to this mechanic, and I'm like, I was like, okay, how far are we going with this time mechanic? But as being surprised, make it interesting. Well, then I was like, okay, we're kind of in Groundhog Day now. This could be boring. Right. And then I was like, okay, if we're going to see the same thing over and over again, just tweaks a little bit, that could be boring. I I had that in my mind. (laughs) It's one of the first things that come in my mind. Okay, the rest of the film's going to be this. And then it just kept layering like surprise after surprise where I was like, oh, I didn't think we were going there and now we're going there. And... Every single extra day got a little bit further into, like, you know, how we're going to save the Earth. I just think it was really well constructed. I was surprised the entire time, you know. Um, I thought the third act, and this is a lot of films, I think the third act wasn't didn't quite live up to what it started off as. Yeah, because you know? the actual don't... Yeah. It seemed pretty... A little bit lame to me because I was like, "Seem like a video game." And that's boss? all you have to do. You feel like the boss, like in a video game. I don't play video games. No, but constantly. I'm saying in in a lot of video games, they have terrible stories, right? Or they start off really good, and then twenty hours in, when you get near the end, it's it just feels like they couldn't think of anything. So they, they you know, there's a thing to fight. You should kill it, and everybody. But I don't dead. have that reference. So to me, it's that's just how a this movie. felt, right? Yes. The end part. That's what I'm talking about. Telling a story that if. That is the 
the sort of like, you know, the third act is the resolution or the, uh, duh, like, dun dun doom, then it was kind of like a cheap mechanic almost to do the, you know. Well, the and, actual and then, end, and then just the actual ending of the movie, what actually happens, and then the resolution of it. When you think about that, I really like that. I, I really like I how don't, it sits. Because it doesn't make sense to me. I have to think about it some more. I, I don't want to spoil it. No, no. But I, I like how every what happened. Yeah. How the world that does or does not react to it. Mm. You know. I mean, it's it's a there's this day mm-hmm. that has been you know messed with, and it's like an episode of Doctor Who. Doctor Who has these things. Sometimes in Doctor Who, I go, "Why is everybody like, you know, there's some alien in London or whatever? Why are they all scared of this alien in London? Because in previous episodes of Doctor Who, there's been like massive invasions of London that no that you know they they've been through all that." You know, loads of times. Doctor Who, it doesn't work right half the time. But you have to kind of forget it, don't you? I don't even think about it. Well, you know, like we've had Christmas episodes where massive spaceships appear in London and the whole place is being invaded. And then then a little bit further on in Doctor Who, they'll say, oh yeah, remember the 19, uh, 2006 invasion of London? And then further on in Doctor Who, you'll get like a small alien a bit, and everybody's freaking out like nobody's ever seen an alien before. But mm. it was this You'd massive... have to point out specific ones because everyone seems pretty accepting of the alien concept to me, like yeah. this time. But but in this one, there is a... Because of what's happened, if you think about how people respond, there's an actual interesting twist about it. Hmm, I don't know. I'll have to think about it. But uh, yeah, it's very well done... Um, I thoroughly enjoyed it. I love sci-fi stuff, and this yeah. had so many surprises for me. I was like, wow, I didn't think... I thought it was going to be just a... I, th- I like things like Battle LA, but mm-hmm. you can pretty much tell from the beginning to the end what is going to happen. Like, there's some Marines, there's something happening, they're going to fight them, and... This movie does kind of have that, but of there's <laughs> lots of... There's a lots of... It, it twists that's the and turns thing, though. That's, the, that's my point. If you know the arc... Of the story. And yet they just use a different tool to get there. And you've seen that tool before. I don't see how that makes it super interesting. Except it's well made. So. I've never seen this. Yeah. Employed in this kind of movie. You couldn't do it again. You don't watch Star Trek. And it's been used in Star Trek more than once. But in a big. Like a redo of the same reset, reset, reset. Because something's got hung up. And Doctor Who does it. That's the thing I could. Not really. I mean, Doctor Who's done it since 1960. Like, it's done lots of, oh shit, a load of stuff happened, let's reset, you know, I can reset stuff. Or sometimes I can't, sometimes I can. Mm. People won't remember this one, they will remember this one, you know, that kind of thing. But um, I've never seen it done in this kind of movie, and I think it worked really well in this story. don't think you could do it again. I don't think... No. You know? Groundhog Day was a long time ago. And this is obviously, yeah, but it's very memorable. It is, and this is obviously <laughs> very close to the mechanic of of Groundhog Day. But it was a long time ago, and, and a lot of moviegoers now, you know, younger ones, might have never seen Groundhog Day, right? So this might be a literally a genuinely a mind blowing thing for them. Sure, true. For me and you, were a, but it actually <laughs> well, you were mind blew my mind a bit. So, so moving on I to think the I'm cast. I'm just jaded. 
So Tom Cruise plays Cage, and yeah, it's a really interesting role. You know, I love Tom Cruise. My favourite role of him is uh, Magnolia, TJ Mackey. <laughs> yeah. And you know why? Because he's completely flawed in that movie. And Tom Cruise generally isn't that kind of flawed. He's usually an all-American hero, a.k.a. Top Gun, or, you know, many movies. So in this, he's not all-American hero. He's flawed you know, really flawed dude, like, who has to... Well, it's not that complicated. You're making him sound really deep. He's one thing. He's a PR man, and Yeah, but he plays it really afraid. well. True, very um, true. I feel the transformation of him going through it, like he... Yep, yep. Like, at the beginning, he's this... He's a, he's a dick. He's a dick. But he wasn't really. I don't You feel like you've made that... Added that to it. He's just... He doesn't want to go to war. He doesn't act like a dick, really. He just doesn't want to go. He's naive. He doesn't... He can't, he can't even take the safety of his gun. So, like, you gun. added stuff to him, maybe, and that's what makes him seem more interesting to you. Just his actions, you know, like, the way he's running. Like, he, if you watch this movie and then you see later days where he's actually figured some stuff out, he's a completely different character, you know? He... he but it's not instant. It's not like some movies where the hero gets dropped in it and within five minutes of the same scene, he's now an expert at martial arts and weaponry. You know from this one. And it's almost like they're using the mechanic to say, well, we have an excuse this time. He's done this a thousand times. Like, he's memorized this day because he's done he's done it so many times. Now he's a badass. So you can forgive the, like, five minutes ago, he, he had no idea what he was doing. And now... And it does it well. Like, and he doesn't wear it like, da-da-da. No. It's really... And he never does that, in my opinion, throughout. There's never a That's what I mean. hero he's never, moment. He's never an all-American hero, mm-hmm. I'm going to save the world kind of thing. It, it's just this dude. He's, he's getting a commanding kind of a thing about him. The older he gets, he's getting to that place where he can be the, you know, not the young upstart... Um, and I think they address that as well. When he shows up and the guy says, this is for new recruits. And he looks at him funny and says, yeah. do I look like a new recruit to you? As if to say, I get it. I'm like 50. I was in top I'm not- <laughs> <laughs> Did you not see me being an Air Force pilot like 25, 30 years ago? So he acknowledges that. And now when he gets into his action stuff, it's not about like, like, yeah. It's more like thought, thoughtful and really... He even gets injured and... He gets killed. Let's, I mean, oh, over down, and over. <laughs> when he gets yeah. killed over and over... what? That's another thing about this movie. I said that some of the humour is from when he's being killed. Yeah. And he gets killed and you're like, oh, but it's funny. Like, And I didn't expect that to be funny. No, I, didn't, you know don't, I don't think of it as funny, but... I just thought it was... The, it's more like... Because he knows he's going to... He's like, oh, today might be the day. There's one scene where he's trying to roll underneath a truck. And it's quite clear that's not the first time he's tried it, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So... It's like... Yeah. <laughs> and that is funny. Like, it's genuinely funny. It's, it's like, oh no, is he going to get killed? Is he not? Is this the day he does... Is this the day he rolls under the truck and it doesn't squash him? But, you know, we see him get squashed once. But, you know, we see a man get squashed by a truck. That's no, not funny. we didn't see it. No, but, I mean, it's totally... Implied, yeah. truck. He's been squashed by the truck. That's not a funny thing. But in this movie, those moments were funny to me. Like, they weren't slapsticky. No, it no. It was just funny. Like, I know that he's trying to figure something out. And he might have to die ten times. director brings a certain ground to it all. I think that must... And Tom Cruise, I think he can be campy and funny-ish. Well, Tropic but, Thunder. Right, but that's just very... That's very specific. But, I mean, 
he can be the smart assy, but, but this time I think it. I say what you want about Tom Cruise, and I hear people slag him off all yeah. the time. I love Tom Cruise. I think he is awesome. Um, you know, you mean as a human or as an actor? I don't know him as a human. Exactly. As an actor, I think he puts his all into every job. And I've watched enough Blu-ray extras of Tom Cruise like doing this to know that it isn't bullshit that he actually <laughs> does his own stunts. Like Doug Lehman said in the extras of this, Tom, for one of the first things Tom Cruise said to him, what do you want from me? Seven days a week, I'll, I'll do work it. seven days a week. And Doug Lehman said, yeah, okay, seven days a week. Okay, fair enough. <laughs> like I put myself, what did he say? My, my but let's movies, not make it sound heroic because he's not making heroic, millions but of dollars. Somebody who puts them focuses on what they're doing. So yes, I agree. and he said, people come to see Tom Cruise said to Doug Lingham, people come to see my movies because they're good because I'm invested in. No, them, he like. said I watch my movies because they're good and I'm invested in yeah. to it. And you can tell. And you know, we saw the Mission Impossible, um, the last Mission Impossible, Ghost Protocol, and watched the extras of that, and it's quite clear Tom Cruise wants the movie to look as good as possible, and if he has to go 500 feet in the air, he will, won't he? And in this movie, he's thrown all over the place, he's squished by stuff, he's... But it's a movie, so we're not seeing... We know that that's physical. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, true. And probably fairly hard to... But let's not feel too bad for Tom. No, I I actually think he is excellent, though. I... I can't think of anything where I've gone, oh, that was shit. Like, I I just watched a Tom Cruise movie, that was shit. Cocktail? It was incredible. I don't think that's bad. I don't think it's a bad movie. For yeah. for its time, it for was actually it a fairly good movie. You know? Like a movie that you would enjoy to watch. Maybe not now. I don't know. No. But, you know, he's done some awesome stuff. Uh, and I say that every time about Tom Cruise. He's yet to disappoint me with a movie. You know, I know a lot of people didn't like Oblivion. I really liked Oblivion. I did too. Yeah, I think he did a good job. Uh, Emily Blunt plays the female... Do you feel like he's trying to squeeze as many of these in as he can? At, well, yeah, at his age? Yeah, I was going to say, you get to an age where you can't throw yourself around. Because you got some, Harrison Ford up there, 20 years Eastwood. ahead. Yeah, where it's like there is a line that gets crossed. And then you know. And if you take a break between age 50 and age 55, are you still the roll on the ground, hang from the wires, <laughs> get thrown in a ravine kind of a guy? And Emily Blunt plays Rita, so she's the female, you know, his co-star. Um, and she's excellent too. Mm-hmm. You know, but it's I'm, too shallow for me. She's good. Yeah. She brings a certain dignity to this person and a ground to it, too. I believe everything she said. It's just that, well, same with him. There's no, nobody's bothered to tell me anything about these people other than this, like, tiny little surfacey thing. And then we learn it in little tiny bits as we go. And to me, that's not enough to care deeply about them. Well, as far as the action, she was really good in the action. I was... You know, she did her own stunts also, most of them. But, um, yeah, she fit the part. You know, she was running around with those exoskeletons on, which they actually made for real. They're not CG. They actually wandered around with these 85-pound exoskeletons strapped to them. Brendan Gleeson plays the General Brigham. I don't understand why it had to be 85 pounds. I mean, you can make it all out of styrofoam. Yeah, but I guess it's to Ground make it. it feel weighted, yeah. like look weighted, you know. Um, General, Brendan Gleeson's in there. He's not in there very much. He's not in there that much. Who is he? He's good. Brendan Gleeson, you know, famous actor from Ireland. Um, he's mm-hmm. in. Oh, the uh, okay, the general. Right? Yeah. Okay. Um, and Bill Paxton plays the sergeant, Sergeant Farrell, or Master Sergeant Farrell. He kind of does it with a bit of tongue in cheek. Funny I that believe. we've seen Bill Paxton in the last two movies. We've not seen him for a long time, and then the last two movies we watch, he's in both of them. What was he in last? He was in um, Don Draper's movie. About baseball 
And True. And, and very show. different. Yeah. Maybe he's underrated, Bill Baxton. I think Because, yes, he was in Twister, but still. Yeah, and he was in uh, Big Love. True. I think I like him. I really I like him. I do, too. Uh, and he was good in this because he obviously... Like, he's that very role, specific. Yeah, and that role is very specific. And it's no... It, well, like he said in that interview, it's not an accident that they picked him for that role. You know? Uh, so this is directed by Doug Lehman, who also directed Swingers, which was an excellent movie from with Vince Vaughn from back in the day. Go, which I really love, and then I rewatched it and didn't like it as much because it's so specific for that era. Yeah, very. Um, the era, the nineties. <laughs> the Bourne Ultimatum. I mean, which, the nineteen nineties, which is one of the best Bourne films, I think. Definitely, uh, Mr. and Mrs. Smith, which I adore. Mr. and Mrs. Smith. I, I don't know why. It's like a almost like a guilty pleasure or something because. Why? Why is it guilty? Because a lot of people don't like it, right? And if it was on now, I would sit and watch the whole thing. I think it's really fun. That's how I am with War of the Worlds. I just If it's on and I get the tail end of it, I'll just watch whatever's left of Mr. it. Mr. and Mrs. Or... Smith is like so much fun. It's like, you know, they're these spies and they, you know, they don't know. It's just it's just really well done, I think. It's an it's a interesting comedy. Well, it is kind of comedy, but then it's actually a decent you know action film as well. And he also did Jumper, which I don't 100% like. That yeah. was a sci-fi film. Um, that was with Anakin Skywalker. Yeah, I didn't like that very much, to be honest. But I think Doug Lehman does a good job. And that Bourne movie is one of the best ones. Is that one where it really gets up in your face like the camera? Like it, like the fighting's really... I think they all are. Um, all the Bournes. But he did an excellent job here, too. This was... I don't think this was this was no joke to make because, like you said, they didn't make they made it in a big sand pit. Yeah, on a back well, lot. They made it though. Yeah, yeah. Um, Not all of it. Most of it. No, a lot of it was in that stage area where they had the back. You know. Yeah, he said it was all done on the stage. Like, yeah. They didn't go to a location. So, like they did go to a location. He said, "Oh, I would like to go to this beach," and they said, "No, it's cheaper to make a beach." So they're just in a big sand pit for however many weeks. Um, but you would never guess. It looks. I don't. Do you? Did you have a fault with anything like special effects? Because those aliens were fantastic. Um, the aliens were fine. I mean, there are times when I'm not like you. I don't just go, "Oh, I'm instantly entertained by this, and it looks fantastic." Therefore, it is fantastic until the very end. Because I know that's how your brain works a little bit. There are flaws. It gets a little foggy at times. It was made for 3D, is that right? Because it had 3D in the credits. Yeah. So there are times Most when it's murky-ish. Like a bit too much of the filtering that they do that kind of dulls it down a little bit so you're not seeing all the detail. And then all of a sudden it's like super crispy daytime, you know. So I wouldn't say that it's flawless, but there's no... There's a little bit of ragdolliness, like when he's hanging on the thing and the the helicopter's dragging him right. around a little bit. There's a little bit of that weird. It might have been him, really, but it looks a little bit weird. The um, alien design was really good, I thought, and I really liked when they first landed on the beach, and then because you don't know what you're dealing with. What are these aliens? They could just be like men in suits running running about, right? But when they they were really unpredictable, the movements, and I was like, wow. How would you fight that? Yeah, exactly. It looks like it's built to kill us. So, like, what's, how would you even... It, it jumps up, it pops out, it it does this thing where it's like a, a starfish or something, yeah. and everybody dies. Like, if you're stood near it, you're just dead. Like, it is like a video game character. And I was like, 
Okay. You keep saying video game. It's like not. Like, well, video, like your, video game like enemies. Like your entertainment experience. Video game enemies video are games. made to kill things, right? They're, they're specifically but made video to... video games didn't invent enemies. So no, I mean, they're, spe- they're specifically made to <laughs> challenge the player. True. And this looked like the ultimate challenge to me. I was looking, okay, they've got exoskeletons. They can move really fast and they can punch stuff and that, but... There's no chance, like, there's no chance against this enemy. That was one of my weaknesses with it, is that this enemy seems very, very, very prolific. It has a time element. It has these things that can mimic anything, but we've dropped that completely from the story, and they don't. There there doesn't seem to be like there would be a chance in hell of any survival here. You've made the enemy... So, and actually, and actually, that I don't see any. There way. isn't any chance of survival uh, if you just fight them like they were trying to. They, they would, that would never ever work. Would no. it, what they were trying to do. So the only way of, of actually right, but then that isn't, you know. Yeah. So yeah, they are literally undefeatable if you use a conventional way, like trying to fight them with your technology that's nothing to them, because they're like, boing, well, they kill them. Yeah, I know, but I mean they kill a lot of people that whole battle is mm-hmm. just like a whitewash isn't it so um there are some extras on the blu-ray it's like a documentary actually which follows doug lehman it's like an over an hour um which is pretty cool they're my favorite type where they go behind the scenes and the picture on the back is tom cruise with tape across his mouth which is funny um so there's storm in the beach which uh looks at the there's obviously the the beach scene is pretty much the focus of the movie. Um, Weapons of the Future, you can get to see the exoskeletons. Um, And on the edge with Doug Lehman is the thing that's over an hour long. It's just a fly-on-the-wall thing, but with some interviews with other people. Some deleted scenes, and that is it. But that Doug Lehman thing, if you're into this, there's no commentary. But if you're into this movie, that's a good behind-the-scenes. And you see that he's trying to get in shape to match. I don't think really. I think he was kind of joking. No, I think that's... The, no, I think he was trying to get into shape. He was trying to build up his daily stamina. So, Because he knows Tom Cruise is, like, just go. going to yeah. work forever. And uh, well. maybe you can't keep up with him, you know? So, um... You're really good at exaggerating. I love that. No, I mean, you were asleep He won't work forever. And they were talking... <laughs> I were understand. Talking. That's what they were talking... Was- Tom Cruise is not a robot. When he the Australian guy came in and, sa- and said, like, um... You know, when we first met Doug Lehman... He was, like, playing tennis. And then we didn't realize, like, we thought he'd be really stressed and not doing any, not having any time to himself. And then we're like, oh, he's just playing tennis. He must be really calm. But no, that was part of his job. Like, he was like, um, I've got to really get super fit because if I can't keep up with Tom Cruise, what kind of a director am I? Because obviously he's going to be jumping around. So no exaggeration. No, you're exaggerating saying Tom Cruise can go on forever. That's what I was talking about. No, I'm just, as a figure of speech, that, <laughs> I that is how he comes across as a film. As, you know, like he said, I'll work seven Get days a week. your money's worth, yeah. yeah. Um, so, yeah, excellent movie. One of my favorite movies of this year as, as in terms of the big movies that we've seen. Spider-Man and all those. Um, a complete surprise for me. and I know Definitely surprising. And it has really high rating on IMDb, I've noticed. So, you know, a lot of people did like this movie. And I bet it was a surprise for them, too, because I don't... I know people are anticipate movies, you know, like, oh, it's summer coming up and Spider-Man's coming and The Avengers is coming. You know, they know those movies are coming, but I don't think people saw this one coming, really. Because it's not... 
it's not a previous franchise thing. It's a new thing. It's you know, it's not Mad Max or whatever. These you know, we seem to like to remake everything. This is a brand new thing. Even though it takes Groundhog Day and exactly, but nothing's well, a new idea, is it? Completely. Eh, it depends on how you put things together. So, and um, what well, you did you like it? Yes, but. But I just don't understand. There's not a scale for me where if something is totally super awesome or it's shitty. It's like in between there and closer to the, that was really fun. I love science fiction. Love, love, love. I love, I like far future more than near future. That I love science fiction and any concept of anything alien. Us being the alien going out into space or aliens coming to Earth. Or just the concept that we are not alone in the universe. I like any of that. And I'm always interested to see how people will interpret it. So, and this is well made. Like, when he would wake up each time, I wasn't like, uh, you know, I, the, like by the third time, fourth time, I was ready for it to see something new and it did every time. So, and I like, I think that's what it did right. Instead of just, it is the thing again, slightly changed each time. It was, I mean, it was that exact thing. But then, but they it was a big moments where they like, didn't have to show story. you it 50 times, but you realize yep. that probably just went furthers on. the story, yeah. and that's what they're doing. Is in fact, Groundhog Day does that same thing. There's a little... There's some things that he says where you go, oh, okay, so that wasn't just once. That was maybe a hundred times for this, when he's learning the piano. Or... Of course. Um, so, if you want to enter a contest, go to aschoolie.com. Thank you to Warner Brothers for the Blu-ray. We've got some contests going up next week. Next week's Blu-ray review is Chef, starring John Favreau. Um, he's moved on from Iron Man. I heard Robert from Darren... him, like he's in it or he's directed it. He's directed it and he's the star of it. Huh. Um, I heard Robert Downey Jr. say this week uh, he had an interview on Howard that there was two people in the running for Iron Man, and he didn't want to say who the other person was, and he never has said it. And nobody really knows apart from him and John Favreau. And John Favreau got him the job as Iron Man. Like it was, John Favreau was like, no, not this other guy, this guy. So he said he would never get it because, it, and he's like, he's forever friend because of it. But he actually became the real life Tony Stark, didn't he? Like, imagine how much money he made. I don't think that. he became that. I think he already was Tony Stark. Yeah. <laughs> Egan maniacal little shithead. <laughs> he does come across like that a bit. Uh, yeah, forever and ever since he was. A teenager, he seems kind of like a dick. So movie recommendations. But I like Iron Man movies. <clears throat> movie recommendations. I am going with Starship Troopers, which this does have a little element of that, I find. You know? It's not quite as tongue-in-cheek, but it's kind of... A play- group of soldiers trying to defeat an alien. Yes, it does have that. But even the, even the way they are and the alien... The way the threat is, the threat in Starship Troopers seems impossible, and they're slightly stereotypical, aren't they? Well, not slightly, very stereotypical. Mm-hmm. The Marines. There's definitely this and that fit together, but um, Starship Troopers is pretty much a comedy and a satire, whereas this is not. And Groundhog Day, obviously, which is one of my favourite films, and we got married on Groundhog Day because of the film Groundhog Day. We got married because of the film. Well, because of our love of the film, we chose that wedding date. So Groundhog Day will always mean a lot to us. For each other. (laughs) True. 
And my recommendations are because I have been watching a lot of movies in the last two weeks. And I'm going to eliminate that. Well, I can say Doctor Who because time travel is interesting. And if you do it right or you do it wrong, it can still be really interesting and fun. So, but I would like to see a really dark, serious time travel story. I didn't even read a book about it. Probably is one out there. If anybody knows, let me know. Um, and then a couple of movies, I mean, I've watched over the last couple of weeks. Here's just a handful. I've been Netflixing a lot. And there's like Citadel, which is a Scottish movie. A Hundred Bloody Acres. Now that's one of the ones I'm going to recommend. Hundred Bloody Acres. It's Australian. It's like a comedy horror type of thing. It's really fun. It is like the, the synopsis is the, a couple of brothers own an organic composting company and they use human roadkill to like, you know, make it really good compost. But that doesn't tell you the whole of it. And it's just really, it's got a lot of heart. You know what I mean? It's a good one. Good, good. Steak Land, which asked you about and you said, yeah, you'd heard about it. And it actually is quite good. I mean, it's also no new ideas in the world. Vampires, but the vampires are different. The solution is different. The people we meet, it does have unexpected things. It doesn't take you exactly where you think. I was really impressed with that. Dead Snow is German. Was it German or Swedish or something? I think it was Norwegian. Norwegian. That was it. Norwegian. And it is, uh, these people are in love, I'm going to say, with Evil Dead movies because they take a lot from that. So it's like Nazis in the snow and they're zombies and these stupid kids are going for a ski vacation, you know. But it's fun. And The Bay, which is all right. A little found footage kind of a thing, kind of a horror-ish. I don't highly recommend it. I would recommend, higher up on the list, American Mary. You just need to look these up. American Mary. They're all on Netflix. And Hell. Just Hell. Those are the best ones of that lot, I and think. And Pontypool's all right. It wasn't great. Uh, the Stuff, The Returned, Extinction, Zombie Night. I've watched all of these and I've, even more. I don't even think I've got them all in front of me here. And then you gave me um, Hollow's Grove to watch as a screener. And it was Hollow's Grove, H-O-L-L-O-W-S. It was bad. It wasn't bad at all. No, no, no. It was actually well made and everything. Lance Henriksen is in it. Yeah, for like five seconds. <laughs> um, it's one of those quote-unquote found footage. And not only just found footage, but it's wrapped in a package of, I'm a government agent and I'm here to tell you that we found this footage. And if anyone out there can help us, blah, 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 then you watch the found footage. And then he comes back at the end at his desk and says, blah, blah, blah. Wow. It's a very... And anytime you tell me found footage, you're already telling me that the whole thing has happened already. There's nothing, you know, it kind of eliminates a little bit of the interest right off the bat almost. It was well made and everything, but I mean, an abandoned children's orphanage where horrible things happened and found footage and ghostly images and people getting dead and, you know, it wasn't that interesting. And what was the other one that, oh, last night we watched Life of Beth or Life After Beth. That's a new movie that came out this year. Really good. That was actually in theaters. It wasn't a Netflix movie. It's a, right. It's on Blu-ray now. Yeah, it's really good. And then we watched the Seasoning House, also creepy and good. The I Seasoning mean, House was really good. I thought it's and not really a, a horror movie. It's horrible, as in yeah, it's more like a hostel. Yeah, really type horrible. horror movie. 
And then Baby Blues I watched, which was Cantonese, and it is kind of artsy a little bit, and a couple move into a house, and the whole, the construct around it is that young people, these yuppie people, want this feeling of, like, high accomplishment and on being on the edge of death, and so they find this doll, the woman's pregnant with twins... One of the twins doesn't make it, and she starts to obsess over the doll being one of the twins. And then there's this sort of, like, it's murderous, and, you know. It is really beautiful. It's nicely made. We also watched ABCs of Death 2. Correct. And we've talked about the first one before. Because the first one was, I really liked the first one. I don't think the second one was as good. They didn't it, choose as good. It or, didn't make you go, oh, God, as much. It did a little bit. <laughs> a little bit, but not I thought quite. Z, was it Z? The... No. That Z was xylophone. Oh, yeah. Well, there's one... Oh, Z. Yeah. There's one about a pregnant woman. Yes. Yes. That was the yes, most was. memorable one for me. And it happens X is xylophone. What am I saying? Yeah, yeah I was yeah. going to say Z is xylophone. <laughs> um, Makes sense. But yeah, the pregnant one was pretty unforgettable, I think. Very unexpected. And an, it's right at the very end. There is a new idea you've never seen before. Yeah. In my in my experience with entertainment, I've never seen that before. No, but it wasn't. <laughs> now other people might have, but it wasn't quite as um, like the first one had some really really gross stuff and some really disturbing stuff and some really bizarre stuff. This one was like now don't don't try to pretend it wasn't gross and bizarre because people who haven't seen yeah the it first was gross and bizarre might just, be grossed just out. Just didn't have the impact the first one did. I just don't think it was a, as good a selection of stuff. It wasn't as varied either. The first one had like a really cool sci-fi thing, and yeah. a, they were had a lot of different things. This one, a lot of the front end of it was like like played for laughs, mm-hmm. which I found like there was too much of that. Like I was like, no. Which get- brings me to the other two movies I just watched yesterday: House from nineteen eighty-five, eighty-six. Oh. Yeah, 85. Yeah, if you and House Two from nineteen eighty-six. If you grew up watching VHS, you'll. Know I will that. admit, first time ever in my life. I fast-forwarded through parts of The House 2. Yeah, 2 was not... And I probably ended up watching about 12 minutes of the movie because I knew exactly what was going to happen for the next 20 minutes. And I just... On Netflix, you can go frame by frame. Well, maybe not frame by frame. House 2 is like... It was horrible. Because House 1 is a certain thing that if you like it, you like it. And then House 2 doesn't really... I mean, House is what it is. It's from the 80s and it's... Yeah, but it's... It's trying to make some Vietnam... Not really. It's got some like... They try to bring Vietnam in there because he's a vet and the missing kid. and But it's very campy. The, The monster is, of course, of the 80s, yeah, but the 100%. second one is like it's horrible. The ultimate campy. It's boring yeah. and it's not funny and it is actually like insulting. But almost. then the third one gets really creepy again. I haven't seen that one. I'll have to watch that one. I'll put that on my list. So as you can tell, I've been watching a lot. I've decided since it's October, I will you know participate in the horror stuff, which I love anyway. I'll remind. I'll say again, Citadel, really creepy and good. Kind of a smallish kind of movie. But that's um, that's why not even all of them. But that's all I've got here in front of me. All right. So games and Ace Scully stuff. I mentioned all the movies we watched. I would recommend Life After Beth out of all those because yeah. I thought it was really really good. Um, I've been playing more Destiny uh, since two weeks ago when we did this. There's not really much to say about that. But Drive Club came out um, two weeks ago now. Two weeks ago on Tuesday. Tuesday coming up, and. 
while an amazing game, and it's an online racing game, even to now, to this minute now, on a Saturday evening, almost two weeks later, it doesn't work online still. Like, Sony are having problems with the server. So I've played precisely once online in the past week and a half. I don't think that's really fair, to be honest. Um, I think it should be fixed. I've never known of a game that gets released and doesn't work nearly two weeks later still. It's not unfair. You, it's you, never happened you, before. You'll it's all a, live. It's never happened before. In fact... See this boot on my foot? Deal with it. <laughs> there's several people who I know who've actually got a refund on this game. That's the And way Sony actually gave them a refund, which means to me that they're not even close to solving this right, issue. Right, that's how you solve your problem of, oh, this is so unfair to me. I give me my money back later when you fix the game. I'll buy it again. That's it. That's the right, end I'm of it. Right, I'm not complaining about that. What I'm saying is... I'm not saying you're complaining. I'm saying all the other people are complaining. And now, what's interesting is uh, Drive Club is a PS Plus game. So you get it for free if you're a PS Plus member. Now, you don't get the full game for free. You get the PS Plus version. And they've promised this since the PlayStation 4 launch. Um, it was when the PlayStation 4 launched, one of the launch games was Drive Club. And then it got delayed, and then it got delayed, and then it got delayed, and a year later it is now out. But that PS Plus version they promised, which is ready to go, they held it back because they're having server issues. So I think that's a, a good thing in one way because, you know, as soon as you put a free thing out there, your servers are going to get crushed anyway, right? And if they're already crushed, you might as well not add to it. But there's those people who are paying for PS Plus who are not actually getting the thing they were promised this month as well. So it's just a big disaster. It's not, it's not like the only thing they can do with their PlayStation 4. Yeah, but they're paying for it is what I'm saying. And they're not... Well, they, they're paying for PlayStation Plus. They're not playing They just all got that an email game. saying, hey, in October... Right, but they're not paying for Plus. just that game. They're getting lots of other stuff with it. Right, I'm just saying. They got an email, all of those people, saying in October, the big event for us all is Drive Club. Now they're not getting Drive Club in October. That's kind of shitty too. Um, it's not well handled at all. Like, somebody like Call of Duty, if this happened, it would be handled better. I don't think Sony know what to do. I can't believe that in two weeks they can't fix a server. It just boggles my mind. Oh, there is a server problem. Must be a way the game works on the server. No, they, they, they communicate it every day. Drive Club on Facebook and on Twitter. And is very much a server problem. They're having server issues. That's... Right, server, but it could be because of the way the game has to work with the server. Right, and they've patched the game four times this week. Right, exactly. So it's the game interacting with the so server. So somebody's scurrying to try and fix it, but, you know. Or they might have the attitude like me. You people have a lot of games to play. You are getting this for free if you're a PlayStation Plus person. They you don't, well... If I didn't buy the PlayStation 4 just for this game, and even if you did, that was your choice... So we will get it to you when we get it to you. As far as they're... That doesn't seem to me... that That's not how they feel, I don't think. Because for, from what they're writing, they are very passionate that the actual studio made the game, Evolution. They want the game to the work. The studio? I'm talking about Sony. Right, I don't think Sony are even involved in some... I think Evolution have to fix it. Um, they were going on vacation the day the, the, the thing launched. Because that's how games work, I think. You ship your game... And you all go, ah. You all go, two weeks <laughs> off now. We've just worked for eight, well, 12 months on this game. Um, or two years even on this game. But they didn't go out on vacation. So at least somebody is doing something. So I can talk about Drive Club a little bit because the single player works. 
But because the game's like this online connected thing, it's all about like racing against your friend's times. Even when you're racing down the road, a picture of your friend will be on the road and you beat his time. It, if you subtract all that stuff, it's just a really ge- you know generic racing game. Because it's obviously built for all that stuff in mind. And it, when it did work for a brief split second the other day, I was driving down the road and one of my friend's times was written on the road. I was like, wow, this is cool. I can beat... So I know this is going to be a great game when the servers work. So who knows how long it'll take. But I think you'll all get through it. I've never seen it. Obviously, people will get through it. But what I'm saying is um, it's the shittiest dealings I've ever seen with a game ever. And I play a lot of video games. And something like Call of Duty actually works on day one usually. And always because it's Activision, they've got a lot of money. It, I mean, Sony have got a lot of money too. And even if it doesn't work, within an hour, somebody's fixed it and it's working again. I've never seen a game where two weeks down the road it still doesn't work. I've n- never seen that. Out of anything. The Sims or... PlayStation Network was down for two weeks once. PlayStation Network was down for two months once yeah, when exactly. they got hacked. But that's not a game specifically. That was them... Uh, I mean, like, the whole thing is what I'm saying. Yeah, and they did. And remember, that was handled well. They um, fixed it. Everybody got free PlayStation Plus for a certain amount of time. Everybody got um, some games. They give you a big package of games. That was actually quite well handled, I thought. But this is its the worst thing I've ever not seen in um, online gaming. It's like, hey, come and buy our game. And then it doesn't work. So uh, what's for dinner, Sid Talk? Probably some Morningstar products, because we're going on the easy these days. Some boiled potatoes. Very, very... Bl- Excuse me, bland but delicious, because we get those lovely, what are they? Golden something potatoes. Really good. Boiled oh, sounds, uh, yeah, I think those are. Boiled potatoes sounds boring, but we both love them so much. Like plain, some salt, uh, that's it. Yeah, no butter, no nothing. And, uh, probably some peas or corn or something else really boring, because I'm kind of hobbling around. I bring the footstool in the kitchen, rest my knee on it right in front of the stove, and then I can't always reach everything from one direction to the other, so I'm trying to keep it simple. If I had my way, I'd probably order a big frickin' pizza, but I don't get my way all the time, shockingly. You can order a pizza. <laughs> yeah, but then I have to make it. you something else. No, I can make that. And my advice is cope with it. Fucking hell, people. Cope with whatever. If it's horrible and, and really horrible and wretched, I, I don't know how, how to cope with the horrible, horrible, horrible thing. Maybe some, but not really horrible. I'm not talking about war or incest or death of a child or anything horrible, horrible. I don't know how to cope with those things. I'm talking about everything under that line. A sore foot, a stupid video game that doesn't work, people at work that drive you crazy, uh, a head cold... <laughs> not having exactly the amount of money that you want every day, but the fact that you actually are not starving to death and you have a roof over your head. Just cope with it. You know? People are so whiny. I complain a lot. I don't know if it's complaining. I will observe and give my observations about a lot of things. That doesn't mean I'm trying to change anybody's mind or trying to change the world. It is my observation. It's what I see. And then I try to find a resolution or a solution if I can, if it's something that bothers me. People just don't seem to do that. It's real it really gets on my nerves. So people, if you got a little problem, a little something something, just cope with it. Don't avoid it. Don't whine about it. Don't bitch about it unless you're gonna find a way to fix it. 
And if you can't fix it, look at it from a different perspective. So that's that. Let me remind you about our website, sayschoolie.com, sitzo.com. You can catch us on Twitter and Facebook. You can also catch this podcast on stitcher.com, iTunes Music Store, Zoom Marketplace, or the RSS feed. Go to aschoolie.com, click on the word podcast, email feedback to me at aschoolie.com. Don't email Sitok, because she just Not unless you have sympathy stories about feet. And um, <laughs> stay classy, Mr. Tom Cruise. Very classy always. Yeah, well. As, aside, from in, aside from in Tropic Thunder, that's probably not that classic. No, but it's funny. And I will say, think for yourselves, or someone will do it for you. Bye.